Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Millicent Ravello. Tinkerbell. Uh, AKA Tinkerbell. <laughs> Listen to the previous <laughs> podcast to catch that reference. <laughs> and I'm here with my Peter Pan co-host, Dr. Jay Calvert. Definitely. I don't ever want to grow up. And that is very clear. <laughs> we are in the business of Benjamin buttoning ourselves, really. Totally. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, uh, I'm, I hear you on that. Yeah. Um, we have an interesting topic today. We do. So this is something, this is a topic um, that we're discussing because I've had multiple lay people come up to me and ask me or ask my opinion on the subject. Um, and it is about another plastic surgeon from Ohio that recently lost her medical license from the state because of some social media issues and concerns. And so because I've been getting so many questions about it, I thought we'd try and flush it out a little bit on the podcast. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a somewhat uh, it's it's a little bit of a disturbing story, and I, I have some uh, some interesting um, information about social media and physicians uh, that I think you're gonna gonna be kind of uh, intrigued by. But the reality is is that social media is here to stay. It's part of how we market our practices. People need to see you on social media in California. I don't know if this is true in Toledo, Ohio or not, but... For plastic you know, surgery practices, yeah. which are generally a very visual. I mean, there's we have befores and afters, and it's very ripe for Instagram-style, TikTok-style you know, images. And also, we are more so than other surgeons or doctors. We are a business. We are selling a product. Um, so for all the reasons that other businesses have to get into social media, so do we. Right. And so here is a uh, surgeon who was doing a lot of live um, broadcasting of her, right. you know, basically, Surgeries. I, I don't know if it's really, broad. I guess it's narrow casting because you have to go on to their account. I'm not sure the terminology. We'll have to check with our producer, Sean, <laughs> on that one. But uh, the reality is, is that the, the board of the medical board of Ohio has taken away her license to practice uh, medicine and surgery in the state based on uh, a sort of careless, it sounds like uh, careless approach to social media and marketing the practice with live surgery and live treatment of patients and having complications, having some complications that they sort of attribute to the fact that she just is not paying attention to the patient care. Right. And so I think it's important to differentiate because we've all um, videotaped or put up portions of our surgeries onto social media. Um, and a lot of times that is for sure. It's happening when you're in the OR, you're doing a procedure and you have someone in the room say, hey, can you videotape me doing this? And either you stop and you pause and you talk and you teach a little bit or you're showing what you're doing as you're talking. I mean, that's that definitely happens and that's put out there all the time. What she was doing specifically that was of concern was that she was doing it live and interacting with viewers. So as she was operating, she had the camera on her and she was taking questions from viewers at the same time that she was operating. And so it's just, it's a little bit higher level of, of trying to multitask. Because if you're not live, you know, theoretically, you can just pause the camera or you re-record or like you're not as, you're more, you're not as focused, you know, on what's happening on the other side of the camera because you're not live. 
So that was, I think, the initial main concern was that this was a higher level of potential distraction, the live aspect of it. Yeah. And, and you know, okay, so we do, like, I do a ton of teaching. I have a fellow that assists me as I am doing the surgery. There is usually a fellow that is holding retractors and assisting me with the surgery, cutting sutures, things like that. And there may be a, uh, a visiting doctor that's in the room that may be from, you know, Slovenia or Ireland or wherever. Uh, and then there also may be a resident. Then there's a surgical tech. There's a circulating nurse. So in the operating room, there typically is a, a, a number of people. Now, that's not a problem. That's not a problem. When, when I do surgery, like it's all about what I'm doing right in front of me with whatever it is I'm doing a facelift, a rhinoplasty, breast augmentation, whatever it is, I am so dialed in doing the best operation that I've ever done that I can possibly do that day. And any of the questions that come to me or the things that I want to show or teach are part and parcel to the fact that I am so focused on what I'm doing. Let me point this out. Let me show you this. This is why this technical aspect is important. Here, when we do this, I'm going to suture this way. Notice the way that I put the tension here. Those things are all okay. If I'm taking questions from a live audience and I have to look away from my operation to read the question while I'm doing it, I, I don't see how that's safe. But there's also ways that it, it that we do it routinely. So I'm thinking of like when we have our live surgeries. So when we go to conferences for plastic surgery, it's not uncommon. Um, we even have a whole symposium, the Baker Gordon Symposium, which is all about live surgeries. So you have these esteemed plastic surgeons in their hometowns or wherever they are in a surgical suite. They have a patient that's consented to be a part of this procedure. And they're doing their surgeries live and they have cameras and videos on them. And they are taking questions from an audience that's sitting in an auditorium somewhere watching them because they're teaching that procedure to their colleagues. And so it's not about performing for them or being cute or looking however. Like they are doing this procedure. And as you said, they're pointing things out. So look at what we're doing now. This is how I do this dissection. And then someone might raise their hand. And, hey, doctor, so what are you looking at right now? Can you show me where that nerve is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see right here, this is where that nerve is. So we do live surgery. That's, that is not, that's not the problem. You know, we, that it, we do that. There's just, there's something else happening in this situation that takes it to a different level. Well, if you've ever been on TikTok live, what happens is you have to kind of read what's coming in to the, you know, through the feed and then answer. Now, if you're, uh, and, and I'm sure you can actually do that too. I'm sure that can be done. I'm sure, yeah. Because uh, I've done live surgery conferences many, many times. And I just want to say that the Russians do not have a sense of humor because my jokes... <laughs> My jokes did not go over well there, and nobody laughed. I mean, to the point that I was like, is my microphone working? And they were like, yeah, it's working fine. We hear you great. Just I was like, don't think you're funny. Okay, you're just not funny. <laughs> so, and you know, usually I get like a little giggle or something. Like yeah. it was like dead silence, like somebody was going to prison in Russia. And I thought by the end of it, it might have been me. It might me. be you. So, uh, but that's an aside. I think the the reality is that whatever she was doing, she was so distracted by the social media aspect of it about making it entertaining. And we are not entertainers. And I've always said this, there, people were like, oh, when TikTok came out, they're like, oh, you're going to do the dances on TikTok? I was like, no, no, I'll teach. That's what I do on social media. 
my social media is an educational, it's an educational tool so that prospective patients know what I do, know what my, my before and afters look like. And they might know a little bit more about me. I might put something on there where, you know, Ace and I are grabbing a, 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 you know, juice crafters down at the island or something like that. You know, like there's little aspects of like, oh, he's, he's a dad and he's got two dogs that he stacks up on his, you know, you know like that yeah. sort of stuff. He's a real person too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't go into like a, you know, a box at night and they take me out in the morning and start doing <laughs> surgery. I'm actually a human being. I like doing stuff and that's all good. So the problem, I think that the Ohio board took this, uh, this surgeon's license was that it was reckless it was uh, out of control and the complications were mounting and, and she had been mourned multiple times and didn't stop and continued right. to do it and continued to have uh, complications. And so the, the cautionary tale to everybody who's you know coming out of the residency and thinking, how am I going to get patients? How am I going to make an impact on social media? I think you know the advice that I can give, and, and my social media has been totally fine for me. I don't get loads and loads of patients from social media. I, I think for me, it's more of a confirmatory tool. I, I get most of my patients from referrals from patients and doctors, period, end of story. That's where my patients come from. I don't get shoppers from the internet. I don't get people from, you know, they want a deal. This isn't a place to get a deal. Our, our practices are, are not about that. Our practices are about high quality plastic surgery with, you know, the latest techniques and the best results possible in, in, Beverly Hills, basically. And we, we do really great work that way. The social media part, I think is, you know, you want to have your own brand, you want to have your own, uh, sort of way that you do things, but at the same time, you can't, you cannot make it your, you know, end all be all focus of what you're doing. Right. And I think the part of the issue is, um, the reason it became such a big deal for this one surgeon is because there were complications and some of the complications were in patients that she had live streamed on. And sort of just to play devil's advocate here, if you're going to do surgery, you're going to have complications. And the complications that she had are complications that anybody who does liposuction or procedures can have. And I have seen cases like these, same injuries, go to court and be successfully defended because these are known complications of some of these procedures. Correct. So... It's not the fact that she had, so the, so the argument is the patient had this complication because she wasn't paying attention to me on social media. That might not be true. The complication could have happened before. It could have happened after the social media happened. There's no way to know. The problem is that it's easy to correlate the two. So if she hadn't had that social media presence, regardless of whether or not it contributed to that actual complication, it made it look like it potentially did. And so I think that's the cautionary tale is that whatever you do, however you present yourself on social media, it always has to be with a background of, of safety for that patient on the table. Because yes, complications are gonna happen, but it, it's a bad look when you, it looks like you're not potentially paying attention to the patient. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you... Safety is number one. I mean, it, it is what, it, it, you know, we're doing elective procedures. You have to be safe. That That's the whole point. I mean, you want to have all the cards stacked in the favor uh, for your patient, for yourself. That's why we check labs. That's why we, we do everything that we possibly can to make sure that we have a level of safety. Well, 
you know, being distracted by the fact that you're trying to entertain your social media following, that, that's, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, there was that other surgeon, the dancing dermatologist, that had a similar issue in Georgia. Yes. She, um, she, I don't know if she had her license revoked or not, but I know she was at least suspended because these videos came out. That was her shtick. That was what she, she was, dancing dermatologist. She would do her procedures. She'd have music in the background, and she would dance. Not to say that when music's playing in the OR, everybody kind of gets a, you know, you kind of want to maybe sway in place, totally. move your hips a little bit, hum along. That's all part of having music in the OR, which everybody for the most part does. It's part of the surgery world. Um, but taking it to the extreme and having that be your thing and then having complications, it's just not, you can't, you can't combine those two. And you can't broadcast yourself as being the dancing whatever, because it, it's, People will assume that whatever complication you have is because you weren't focused, and right. and maybe they're right. But, yeah, I mean, you, it's true. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. I mean that that is, you know, I, I don't know. I I I don't know the right answer to this one because I, I I don't like to say, oh, you have to do it this way because I I do things totally differently. I I do things differently all the time. I I'm. The, the reason my results go to where they go to is because I'm willing to do different things. But with social media, you know, everybody's got a way to present themselves. And so I don't want to say like, oh, nobody should do anything live. That's I, not true. I know. That's, that's where that's it's, not true. it's tricky because there are ways you can do this. And, I, and that's why I'm trying to play that devil's advocate. It's like, well, I mean, you can't correlate the two that just because you're doing something live or because, you know, you're moving around a little bit during surgery, that doesn't necessarily mean that that is what the bad outcome came from. But it's an optics thing. It's what you always have to keep in mind. What is that looking like to potential patients? And if I may seg you a little bit, dermatologists should not be doing liposuction, fat grafting, and breast augmentations. So go back to how to choose your plastic surgery podcasts <laughs> because maybe the problem was not the dancing. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. A dermatologist, like she got in trouble for doing like, you know, breast augs and, and liposuction and fat grafting to the butt. I mean, These those are, big, are, those are deal big plastic, plastic surgery, surgery operations. Cases. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is nowhere in your scope of training as a dermatologist. No. At all. Not even so close. That's the problem. Probably more so than the dancing, but you know. You don't want to go off on a rant here, no. but it sounds like you do. <laughs> it sounds like it's coming. Um, well, I will tell you uh, that, you know, I think social media can be very useful. Um, obviously, I mean, I think even our podcast is a form of social media. I mean, this is, you know, we're putting this up on YouTube and, you know, the YouTube channel, by the way, is looking very good. I think it's pretty impressive. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's on YouTube. We, we put up clips on our social media pages. So like, this is, this is part of it, you know, but notice we're not operating right now. <laughs> we're just, we're sitting here. It's a very sedate environment. There's, you know, some lights and some microphones and we can focus on what we're discussing and we're not live. I mean, we, we could be, we could do a live podcast again, cause we don't have to do surgery. So we could take those questions, but you know, I, I will say that every time I've done live surgery, I'm always, uh, I, I always focus so much on the patient and yes, I'm taking questions. You know, I have, you know, my friend, you know, from Alexandria, Egypt, you know, going, put a tip graft, put a tip graft, Jay, you'll love it. Put a tip graft. I was like, Hosom, I'm not Try putting it. a tip graft. Like no, it. you will, you will love it. You will love it. Put a tip graft. And I'm like, I'm not putting a tip graft. And then, you know, then Roland Daniels chiming in, Jay, just go ahead and put it in. 
show them it doesn't look good and then take it out. All right. You know, so like those things are, are fun and they're part of the teaching and it's part of the interaction, but it's a focused interaction of medical professionals who are asking questions relative and related to uh, what is going on in the operation. I think and if you're... they kind of know when to ask the questions. They do. They actually do. Yeah. yeah. So they, they're, they're following what's going on. If they see that you're struggling or you have a bleeder, that's not the time for them to be like, put a dip graft in. <laughs> you know, they know the surgery. Yes. And they know, okay, he's sailing along. This is a good time to ask a question. Right. You know, yeah. Uh, why did you do that? Because I would never do that. <laughs> you know? I mean, those are important questions. And, and that is how we get education over the line. That people can't really argue with. I think, though, if you're, you know, doing liposuction and out of one eye, you're watching the live feed of your of your, which is what you would have to do with TikTok or or even with Instagram. You want to like field the questions yourself. And and the point I was going to also bring up to you is that a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Brian Boxer Walkler, wrote a book about addiction to social media, mm. and he like had this whole thing about where he was just he was so into it that it became like a massive distraction for him, not, not with his medical uh, practice at all, but like on the weekends and at home, like his, hmm. it became so distracting to him that he had to like kind of, you know, push quick it away. Cold yeah. yeah. Like quick cold Turkey. And then, you know, like Brian always does, he writes a book about everything. He's, this guy's a genius, like of epic, epic levels. And he's an incredible LASIK eye surgeon. And he treats keratoconus. I mean, the guy's amazing. But Brian wrote this book about it, basically saying like that this is a real thing. And you have to realize that dopamine is dopamine. And some people get it from, you know, shooting heroin. And some people get it from jumping out of airplanes. And some people get it from, you know, drinking. And some people get it from, from social media. From social media. From getting, getting feedback with like those likes and those views yeah. and those hits and and it's the same thing. I mean, it's addiction is addiction and it can happen. And I suspect that there was a problem. This, this, uh, Ohio plastic surgeon also mentioned that she, uh, got divorced, lost her family over this. Ugh. Uh, it sounds like it's going to cost her, you know, millions of dollars on yeah. top of it. Yeah. So, you know, cautionary tale and, you know, do, do, do the I research, do the homework about it, because this is something that you know, especially the residents and the fellows coming out of our programs, right. like there's so much pressure for them to get a social media presence because how are they going to compete? Right. And so that I, th I think so I think there's two take home messages. So the first one is for the, the young surgeons coming up who are feeling that pressure to get that social media presence. Fine. Do it. Yes, we have to, even though I suck at it. Um, it is important. You have to have that. Out By the there. way, you have a booming practice. <laughs> Yeah, you, you you do suck at social media. I suck I'm, at it. I'm, I'm you horrible. You're, you're terrible I'm about it. You you po you post like nothing. Never, just... because I, there's many reasons. But like I just and you have a line down the block, so it's so good. there's plenty of ways to get patients. But you do at least have to have a presence out there. Some way patients can see who you are. But always look at the optics and always stay safe and always represent plastic surgery in as respectable a way as possible. Those would be my th kind of three take homes for the young surgeons. And then for potential patients, obviously they're finding some of us through social media. So what are you looking for when you're going through social media? As we always say, go back and look at the befores and afters. Do your research on the doctors. Make sure they're plastic surgeons. Don't just go, oh, look how fun. They dance in the OR. Or look, you know, they take questions from the audience. That's entertainment. 
That is not what you want in a plastic surgeon. And maybe that plastic surgeon is great. Maybe they can do all of the above and still be great plastic surgeons. They're not mutually exclusive. But that should not be the first thing you look at when choosing your plastic surgeon. That might be a great intro to them, but then go back a little more behind the scenes and see what they are really about and don't make your decision based on solely, you know, what their dances look like. <laughs> I, I don't have any dances. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't have any dances. I don't, I'm not going to have any dances. I've got, I've got two chihuahuas that are really they're, cute though. They're really they're cute. They're really cute. And every once in a while I put up the dog stack of the two of them. They're just, they're hilarious. But you know, the thing is, is that the before and afters are key. Yet, I will tell you that one of the, the uh, surgeons uh, got totally busted by one of my patients who came in for a facelift consult. And I was like, oh, so who are you seeing? Well, I was seeing this one, I've seen this one, and then I was seeing this guy. But like his before and afters are completely full of shit. I was like, oh, really? Why do you say? She, because the before is a medical before of them in front of a blue background with no makeup. And the after is a patient selfie with full hair and makeup done. I was like, there it is. You are right. She's like, yeah, I mean, doesn't everybody see that? I go, no, they no. don't. No, they don't. Yeah. They don't see that it's a total fake, that it's a total mind game. It's like, here I am with, no, I, I said, you could take that patient with no facelift. And take that medical before, take all their makeup off, sit them in front of the harsh lights of a, of a medical photography suite, take the picture, and then right after taking that photo, bring in a makeup artist, bring in somebody to do their hair, take them outside in the sunlight, give them a, a selfie cam, have them take a shot in the sun. Oh, and then filter it. And filter it. And <laughs> filter it. Yeah. Right? Face tune. Filter a before and after. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And And- and then put it on as my after, which this guy does a hundred percent. And it's like, how is his board not going crazy? Cause it's not a plastic surgeon. I will say that right now. And it is, and she totally got it and completely busted him. Well, kudos to her. She's yeah, a discerning she completely patient. Saw it. And yeah. so that's the thing. And, and then the people that don't sign up, go there, pay their money and get cuts all over the face. <laughs> so <laughs> too bad. It's, it's, you know, you can't, you can't protect everybody. You can't do anything about it. The, the main thing that we can do is just provide information about this. And it's, it is really important because otherwise you get faked out. I mean, I couldn't imagine filtering my after photos, like putting a filter <laughs> on a surgical result, like W T F actual F. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, come on. Yeah. So do your social media homework. What is that? Be discerning. And I'm not saying anything, but I'm saying I know. I know I'm off on a rant now. <laughs> I know, and this is supposed to be a rant-free zone, but it's not. Not today. <laughs> not today. Well, and also, you know, the the fact that you know this poor doc has to lose her license over that is sad. You know, and yeah. the the patients that suffer these complications. I mean, maybe they would have had the complications anyway, but. Yeah. You're right. It's all about the optics. Right. Exactly. Doesn't look good. Nope. Nope, it doesn't. So cautionary tale to young surgeons, practicing surgeons, and just a heads up to patients, be discerning. Do your homework. And don't have dancing dermatologists do your plastic surgery. For the love of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. 
If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, RavelloPlasticSurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at Ravello Plastic Surgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Uh-huh.